All right, welcome everybody. This is the Joe Danier podcast. I am Joe Danier, and we're ready and set to get into our weekend. I'm back from my vacation. I spent four days getting trying to get back into my normal routines. Sleep schedule is all jacked up. My eating schedule was jacked up. My work schedule was jacked up. There wasn't anything that was familiar to me. It was great because I got to hit the reset button, but everything that I was familiar with, uh, I got to, you know, it, it got to be disrupted. And so that was good because I got to look at all the components of my regular day and find out which ones I still wanted to exist. And then I also um, got to remove some and let them go and and free up some space in there. And, you know, my, my philosophy of... Uh, addition by subtraction was in full force. Uh, but now going to this weekend, there's, um, you know, you know, this isn't always a logical pursuit. We talk a whole lot about creating metrics to be able to evaluate things in our world. And it feels very spreadsheety, right? And there's, it's usually free of, of like emotional connections. Cause a lot of these things where we can say eliminate a friendship, right? There's two sides of it. There's the eliminate a friendship by saying a negative number and scratching them off on a sheet of paper, but then facing down that friendship when you're about to eliminate it and trying not to use emotion or trying to use emotion. Uh, one of the two. And, you know, I usually have two sides of, of my, my business planning is, uh, you know, uh, emotion clouds my judgment most times. And so I like to be free of emotion, make reasonable, rational decisions, and then prop up my decisions with emotion after the fact. I'm usually logic first, emotion second. Uh, it's almost like if you, uh, you know, you, you trade stocks, you want to trade it on paper before there's an actual money connection to see if you do the same thing once there is a money connection. Because if you're playing math, math doesn't really care about the emotional connection with how defensive or offensive you want to play with your money. Uh, That's why they say, you know, don't go grocery shopping hungry because that emotion, those chemicals, your hunger will make you do things that you wouldn't want to do on a piece of paper. So if you take the hunger shopping list and you take the uh, shopping list uh, that is you know, totally an objective version of it, it, they might be two different things. And that's our goal when we put business planning together is to have a predictable result that you'd make the same decision every time. It's got to have, you know, big time seeds of logic first. But that doesn't mean that emotional emotionalizing those decisions isn't equally as important because, you know, I just mentioned during this show that I, I probably don't pay enough um, attention with my words to it during this program that, it deserves. So uh, let's talk a little bit about this. And, and usually um, when we reverse engineer things that happen in the real world, we usually wait till something bad happens and then reverse engineer it. So your house gets robbed, makes you reverse engineer how you could uh, have stopped that thing from occurring. Uh, you don't have to wait till something bad, but it's usually it creates enough entropy and enough energy to be able to push you into doing something that you might not have to do. Because think about it, if it's a hard thing or it's an expensive thing, your your brain might say, well, that's never happened in the 10 years that I've been here. And you're, you would be pretty, uh, it'd be pretty easy to just kind of put that on the back burner because it's not an immediate emergency. But again, if you're planning for something you can be more reasonable when you're planning it outside of the scope of having that emotionalization. So I'm, uh, I'm doing some programming next week and uh, opening a couple of new businesses, talking with a lot of people, right? And so most of my days are meant where helping people and exchanging optimistic ideas and the level that I'm playing with, the, the caliber of people that I'm, I'm playing with are, are all problem solvers along with me. So you're not talking with a person, 
persons or, or people that are looking for reasons not to do things. They're all, you know, we, we've got resources that we want to employ into getting stuff done. And that's usually the conversations I have during my Monday through Friday. But every once in a while, you'll get in the same room with someone who is a negative person and will tell you all of the reasons why. And, and I listen to enough talk radio or political radio or read enough news or followed enough social media that no matter what you put out there, somebody is going to come across and take chunks out of it, right? They're going to make critic levy criticisms at you uh, and, you know, try to throw you off of whatever game that you're on. Now, see, let me give you the upside and downside. Usually those things are ineffective to me because I'm, this is just numbers. So if I say, I, I think three is the best odd number, and then you say, hey, I think seven is the best odd number, like I'm just going to put it down on my sheet of paper that there's might be a better odd number out there, and let me look into it, right? It's just a suggestion. I'm not emotionally connected with three. If it changes to seven, I really don't care, right? But emotional pursuits are a completely different ball game. And we deal with a lot of people that are in the entertainment sect, and so they do a lot of creative work, and it's a little bit different when someone takes uh, a swipe at your creativity because those are all emotionalized. What if, what if somebody says, you suck, right? A very subjective thing where somebody's opinion is that you don't suck or, or that you suck. How do you write that on your spreadsheet and take an objective view whether or not you suck or not? Because in some cases, pretty much every performer, every business person, every uh, professional, uh, they all suck in a certain way. So technically, if you go introspective every time you get criticism, you're going to always find that, yeah, you probably do suck in comparison to what? And that's really what this comes down to. So effectively, you know, I've been asked in the, in the, in the past to be, to run for some kind of political office, whether it be a local state, federal, whatever. And every time that it's mentioned, I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm a professional problem solver. I'm really good at having objective views and being reasonable and, and really good at coming to a solution at the end of the day. Then I look at the mechanism that I'm being asked to run in. And is this a logical system that solves problem? No, it's emotionalized, you know, a cesspool of people and the worst of society, right? Why would I ever want to entertain a, a mechanism where I have to be the primary contributor to getting something done and I have to be the big change agent? So there's in, in the private sector, I, there are companies and institutions that are begging for people that they can pay to just get stuff done. So where am I most effective, either in the cesspool where nothing gets done or in the private sector where people will pay top dollar for getting things done, guess where my attention is going to go? So where it might be noble sometime in the future for me to run for a political office, it would be a martyrdom for a guy like me because I would be frustrated. I wouldn't be able to get anything done. My feelings would get hurt. Uh, there would be no point or purpose. Like I would regret it on day four, maybe even on hour four of being a part of that system because it's just, it's just not for me. Now down the road after I retire, if I want to lolly lollygag around and, uh, and you know, rub elbows with people and have conversations and maybe I'll entertain it in the future, but not when I'm in my prime, when my brain is functioning on all cylinders and I'm really ready to get things done, I'm going to go out in the business world and, and create jobs and create new companies and create more opportunities and do what I do best. And, uh, but, uh, getting back to the original point is that when you have an emotional or a, uh, you know, a, a, uh, 
imaginative pursuit where you're a creator, sometimes those criticisms that get levied at you, uh, you know, could could be enough to disrupt and take a chunk out of your you know, your confidence. And we don't want to ever see that happen, especially with great developers and designers that they're then afraid to put their work out there knowing that people will take a chunk. So we are a really soft people because, you know, creative pursuits are all about that. They're, they're not about, I, okay. So for instance, like I, I deal in pretty hardcore, uh, anxious environments. Like there's a lot of pressures in the world that I perform in. And that's why I implement usually logic where if I can, uh, convert everything down to something that's measurable to some kind of metric. I can put it on a spreadsheet and then the spreadsheet tells me what to do. And there's really no unknowns. I just go through it. But if somebody says I played the guitar and I suck, like, what does that translate? What do I have to do different? Like it doesn't, I, it, it's hard to measure a, you suck or you're terrible or that you're stupid because then you're like, you have to be measured. You have to say, okay, well, are they saying that because they just don't like it? And that's, they just wanted to levy a criticism because they're also having an emotional, that's just an emotional response. And maybe I don't suck, but they wanted to say that because they were mad. Or is it something like that's an objective thing where I really do suck and I got to put more time in to play the guitar. And, and and it's those, you know, I, if I played the guitar, it would be regimented. I would have a practice schedule. I would know what level I'm in. I'd have something to compare myself against. I'd always know where I'm at. So I, I wouldn't have anything to do with a, hey, Joe, you suck, because I, I didn't come into this with an illusion that I was any better than I actually was, right? And as long as I present who I really am, uh, those opinions aren't going to persuade or dissuade me from doing anything. Uh, it's just going to kind of be background noise. And that's how I'm able to organize myself. Now, is there a downside to this? Absolutely. hundred um, percent. I, if you, if you look at sort of my relational goals, relationship goals is that I have problems sometimes connecting with people on an emotional level that when you can't measure it. So uh, somebody mentioned to me years ago about a thing called a Manchi list. And so this was sort of, um, and I don't know if this was a you know, a technical thing of the history of time and how people organize them, or if this was just somebody's own process, but I'm going to explain it anyhow. So Monchilis was uh, a, a, a way of organizing the relationships that you have with other people and what priority in your world do they connect to things that you're working on. So if you're working on things of building a house, right, then people on your, your list would say that if they have expertise or they have a connection or they have opinions or they have resources that connect to what you're trying to do, they would be high on that list. If they were moderate, where they weren't connected to your goals, then they would be sort of like neutral. They wouldn't be anything. And if they were counter of what you were trying to do, where they hate houses and they think materialism is awful and you're trying to build a house, then they would be a negative. And so it's a way of prioritizing so that when you go somewhere, you're meeting people who add value to that list so that you can use those people to accomplish it. So, but when a logical brain wraps its head around metrics, when it comes to people and individuals that aren't emotionally charged, if they are mathematically charged, then you have a tendency to be super interested in what somebody could do for you and your goals and less about how, what you could do for filling in parts of other people's goals and set aside that Nobody thinks that way. Like that is a hundred percent. Nobody, you know, people like you might be. So uh, if I'm going out there and I'm doing philanthropy work and I'm looking to see how I can help people, then I don't have to worry about it. That I'm not using people just for what they could do to me. Then I feel better about adding metrics. It's because what I could do for them. But what about the people who don't do that at all? They basically meet people 
in the blind, not knowing whether or not they can ever do anything and not even really caring that they can, letting that part happen on its own. See, my method makes sure that it happens, and the other method would be sometimes it might happen, but it's by, you know, complete coincidence that it happens in the way that it does. And then you get more of a mysterious effect to it where people end up being able to drop into your world in a certain thing and it wasn't by design and it wasn't even coordinated and there was no choreography by it, but it, it ended up happening. So that's the two sort of like relational uh, compartments. And because I'm a 80% logical thinker, 20% imaginative, uh, it doesn't occur to me that I'm at a disadvantage sometimes when I can't just come up and have conversations with random people without having a specific purpose of why I'm having those conversations. And I've spent countless, countless uh, effort efforts into trying to figure out how to emotionalize relationships a little bit more and where I'm able to add percentage points onto those relationships. It hasn't been a, you know, move it to 50%. And I've even found that as I move it further away from the 80, 20 split that I, I suggested that I I'm at more at a disadvantage because I depend so heavily on math and metrics that if you start taking math and metrics away from me, where I might have relationships in, in a world of confusion, like I'm in, in a total uh, cloud of confusion as I give up my certainty on the metrics, give in to the uncertainty of the emotionalization of those uh, relationships. And I don't know what to do with them because I, I, I gave up my own super, only superpower, which is I know how to measure things. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm still in the process of making that portion of my, you know, my personality a little bit more healthy, but I'm telling you a, a couple of times people have thrown criticisms at me and they didn't affect me. And I sit around thinking, well, maybe it's healthy for me to see if I can get that thing to sting a little bit when they say it, because it doesn't really bother me. It doesn't, uh, you know, I'm self-motivated. And that's the, uh, the, the really the only thing that's incumbent on me, that if I don't let negative responses or criticisms motivate me, I have to do that internally on my own. Um, because think about it, I would just stay the same if, if you said nice things to me or mean things to me, it didn't make me want to do anything. What would happen if I got mentally lazy? There would be nothing to challenge me into getting new, new territories. There'd be no entropy for me. I would just kind of sit still. So I have to make sure that I'm always self-motivated. But again, uh, if uh, a criticism that I think uh, might or, or I, I think should have stung a little bit and didn't, uh, you know, how do you wrap your mind around why that didn't hurt my feelings, but I think it should have. And so, uh, you know, one example of that is that, you know, I do a lot of uh, on-air stuff. I do a lot of radio. And uh, sometimes people aren't super happy with my content. It's different than they're used to listening to. And so I get criticisms about how I'm different and uh, how I, you know, uh, it's, it's never really that Joe is stupid. It's that Joe is boring sometimes. And the suggestion that I'm boring is okay. Well, through a certain lens, you can really take some of my topics and say, okay, I don't make anything dramatic. I don't embellish and it's just data driven. Uh, yeah, sometimes that's could be a little bit boring, uh, but that's my personality type. And it doesn't hurt my feelings. In fact, if the more boring I am, you know, I guess I could make an effort to be a little bit more entertaining through my boredom. So if I'm talking about physics or time travel, something I'm super passionate about, somebody's going to say, hey, Joe, you just droned on about the physics of time or physics and time travel. Um, I'm not interested in that. And there was nothing interesting about that. And uh, but, you know, after I even explain it 
how I did through this microphone here, I don't really care to change to explain it differently. I, I feel like saying if there was an audience of 10% of the people that cared about that, I was talking to you, the other 90%, sorry, you you know, somebody will come around at another time and speak directly to you because things shift. Like 90% of the audience loves hearing the dramatic, uh, you know, stuff normally and 10% are like, man, I wish I wish I had some cerebral topics to really push my, uh, you know, method of thinking. And then the, spotlight goes to the other 10 the the 10 percent for a day and they're like oh this is the greatest thing ever and then 90 percent are alienated because of the way that i thought but i want to throw that out there because i wanted to talk through my method because i don't think it's very typical i i think it's you know me talking through it helps me a little bit on this topic but maybe some of you in this audience uh, are the same way in a different department maybe you're not metric in relationships maybe you're metric in your professionalism maybe you're counting the hours counting the paycheck counting the number of pto counting the number of 4ok and you, you don't value it unless it's it's measured maybe you won't do something unless it appears as a positive integer on your spreadsheet and that's where you got to take the how i applied it in relationships and see where you're doing it in other departments. Now that you know it exists, you know your emotional brain versus your logical brain can be doing two different things inside your own mind. So anyway, that's a good topic going into the weekend. I uh, hope you guys have a great one. We'll see you next time. This is the Joe Dania Podcast.